Hey, this is Andrew DiMazio, lead pastor of Rose Church here in Portland, Oregon. Welcome to our podcast. Our mission here at Rose is building big people, becoming like Jesus in community while growing in our faith. Whoever you are, wherever you are, I pray today's message challenges you and encourages you on your walk with Jesus. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy today's podcast. I, I believe that God talks, and over this week, uh, my husband Andrew and I, we were on vacation, and a little bit before that, I was going to speak a whole different message, and obviously the prayer team got together and obviously ruined my plans, uh, because the Lord changed all that up, and I really have a word, and I hope you hear my heart. It's, it's a word that will require all of us to hear it with a spiritual ear. Because you hear, if you hear it with your physical ear, it could be hard for you to eat up. It would be hard for you to digest because it's a, it's a word and I really feel like God's going to bring repentance in the room. And repentance is, and I'm really not trying to condemn today. I hope you hear that. But I am trying to allow the Holy Spirit to convict you. Because if the Holy Spirit convicts you, then real change comes. I can tell you a whole list of things not to do. But unless you hear from the Holy Spirit, and that's your testimony, that's your word that you have from God, you're not going to change. So I'm just going to believe today that the Lord is going to speak to you and me. And we're all on the same playing field. And we're all fallen short of the glory of God. We are all sinners. We are all in the same, same thing. I'm just a Christian that loves Jesus. And you're just a Christian that loves Jesus. And if you're in the building and you don't love Jesus yet, and maybe you're interested, I hope he speaks to your spirit. I hope he speaks to your spirit. So today I've, I've really felt, as I shared this message, repentance is going to come. A flame is going to be lit, and shame is going to be lifted off of people today. And it's not by might, and it's not by strength, but it's by the Holy Spirit. And he's here, and he's in the room. And if you have your Bible, we're going to open up to Isaiah 6. And we're going to see this guy named Isaiah. We can call him Zay. I don't know. Third service, y'all. Zay uh, was a prophet. He was used by God to talk to his people. And we find the people of God in distress. Their king, Uzziah, just died. Now, King Uzziah was an amazing king. He brought prosperity to the land. He was a really good leader, all of that kind of stuff. Their leader just died. Their leaders were everything to them. And so we have a people that is confused, that are grieving, that need something from heaven, need something to fill them. And Isaiah gets this vision. So we're going to read what he sees. Isaiah 6, it was the year King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord, and he was sitting on a lofty throne. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Attending him, hear that, attending him were mighty seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, and with two wings they covered their feet, and with two they flew. And they were calling out to each other, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. 
Today, if you're taking notes, I want you to write down my title for today called The Burning Ones. The Burning Ones. And the seraphim, the word seraph actually means to burn. And I feel today that God wanted me to ask you, are you on fire for him? Could you consider yourself a fiery one for the Lord? And I'm not just talking about the temperature in the room. Because <laughs> I think right now we're all the burning ones. Julia, what are you talking about? We're all, we're all, we're dying. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I know. But, you know, are you considered a burning one for God? Would God consider you a worshiping burner for him? Because I think when we look at the seraphim, I think that's how God likes to be worshipped. I'm going to have Pastor Pastoro Yadel play for us today. Because I really feel that worship and music, music changes the atmosphere. And a lot of people might consider that emotional manipulation, having a piano because it works some of the brain and all of that kind of stuff. Well, you're right. It does work some of the brain. It's actually a God idea. Not a world idea where we steal Sarah McLaughlin's I Will Remember You for a dog commercial. I will remember you. You know, man, every dog looks so sad. I've never seen a dog look so sad in my life. But, man, that commercial would do it for you. But there's power in music. There's power when we have music playing. And if you don't think that you're affected by the music that you hear... I don't know what we're doing, church. Don't know what we're doing. I, I want to show you a little picture. This is science. Science rules. Okay, let's put it up here. I love when science pairs with God. So the higher the frequency that music gives off, it actually changes the molecular structure of water. The higher the frequency, the more beautiful the pattern. The lower the frequency, the lower the pattern. And who is made up of 75% H2O? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> 10 points for participation. <laughs> you're made up of water. And your molecular structure changes by the sound of music. It's almost like you were designed to be soothed by music and to use music to worship God. It's almost like there's a special purpose and a plan that music could have in your life. And who was the best worship leader of all? Lucifer. And he fell because he got so full of himself. And, and he, I think, now controls a lot of our music in this world. And we'll get into that in a second. But I want to let you know, I'm not having up this up here to emotionally manipulate you, but I am having it here to fill an atmosphere because I feel, I feel like there's going to be a special presence here today. It's been at all two services so far, and I definitely feel it here today because you are the already burning one. So the Lord is going to meet y'all here today. But, but um, I, I just want to kind of prove it to you by scripture, though. Really, I don't feel like you took my word for it, so I just wanted to show you. 2 Kings 3, 15, it says, Now bring me someone who can play the harp. And while the harp was being played... The power of the Lord came upon Elisha. And Elisha went on and prophesied and stuff like that. So wait, there's music and then there's 
God moving in power. Hmm, interesting. Now, God can move without music. Believe me. Believe you, me. Uh, he can move without music. 1 Samuel 16, 23. Wherever, whenever the spirit, the evil spirit from God bothered Saul, David would play his harp. And Saul would relax and feel better. And the evil spirit would go away. There's power in music. And I'm going to have him play the whole time so we can ugly girl cry and work that left side of our brain and try to connect with our inner spirit because I believe that there's a special anointing here and God's going to move in power. But before we do that, we're going to learn what it means to be a true burning worshiper. Y'all in? So when we look at the seraphim, it's pretty cool because they got wings. They got, they got wings, they got a voice, they got hands, they got feet. And where are they? They could be, they could fly anywhere. They could fly in the sky like a butterfly. Like literally they could go anywhere. They could do anything. But where do they choose to be? In the presence of God. And you could be anywhere but here in this toasty building. But you are here. I'd like to bet that you're hungry for the presence of God. I believe that today you guys are thirsty for, for God, for something, for him to move in your life in a new way. And I'm going to read you this quote because I feel that, that we need to understand why we need to be this type of worshiper. A.W. Tozer says, God made us to worship him. And when we're not worshiping, we are stars without light. We are sun without heat. We are clouds without water, and we are birds without a song. You are a worshiper. I am a worshiper. I can't worship God and not be blown away and changed by that. God is the only person that you can be in a musical moment with him, and he will transform your life. I don't know. I've been to Coldplay. I've got the goosebumps there. But my God, it did not change my bad attitude. It did not change the sin and the shame that I carried around. But when I worship God, there's something supernatural. There's a mystery that happens and comes upon you. And the spirit of the Lord begins to convict you and burn you and burn away everything that is of your flesh. And your spirit comes alive. And though it hurts and though it's painful, it's the most beautiful fire you could ever have. How is your kindling today? I believe that today God wants to set you on fire if you're not on fire. You know, when we look at a burn victim, they're marked by that burn. What degree burn do you have today from God? Are you a first degree, got a little blister one day? Next day, it's all gone, a little red. Are you second degree burn? I don't even know what that looks like, but... I know it fades away, but those third degree victims, <laughs> they are marked forever. They're shaped forever. It's changed. Have you been burned by God? See, if the seraphim are called the burning ones, then that means something had to set them on fire. Have you allowed God to set you on fire? So I think all of us can say we want to live this way. But why don't we? 
I think all of us want to say, I want to be a burner for God. I want to light me on fire. You got the gasoline, you're pouring it everywhere. And woo! I mean, 4th of July was right, you know, all the, all the pyros in the room. Uh, you are amazing. <clears throat> Andrew loves setting fires, and it's so scary to me because he's just, he's a daring man. And, um, but he's great. He's, he's great, but he's daring, especially with fire. I think God wants to set you on fire today, but I feel like why we don't live this way is because we allow our feet to take us places that they shouldn't. We allow our hands to do things that they shouldn't. We allow our voices to talk about things that they shouldn't. We allow ourselves to go anywhere but his presence. So when I look at the seraphim, it shows me that they could be anywhere in the galaxies, but they want to be in the presence of God. When I look at the seraphim, it shows me that if God has your feet, he can take you to all the right places. If God has your hands, he can help you do all the right things. If God has your mouth, he can use you to say the most giving words of life. If God has your worship, you have his presence. And God wants to be enthroned on our praises in this Rose Church. He wants to be here. But your worship throughout the week would that welcome God's presence in this building? They had a hunger. They had a, a hunger and a thirst for his presence. When was the last time you were in a group of people, but you secretly just wanted to go spend time with God? Does he fill your soul like that? What does? How are you soothing the holes of your heart? How are you coping with the pain in your life? Do you want to be with your God? See, sometimes I think we, we do a good job at worshiping God for what he does. And you prayed for the job. He gave you the job. We pray for the things that we need. He gives you the things that you need. And then we, pray God, we praise God for even though we don't have the things we need. And we're, you know, we're worshiping in that way. And that's a different type of way. But I felt like the Holy Spirit wanted me to ask you, when did you just worship me to make me happy? When did you just... When was the last time you, you worshiped Jesus because you love the attributes that he has? In Song, of, in Song of Solomon, we have a bride and a groom that are, they're talking about each other. They're saying, oh, I love your body. I love your face. I love your hair. I love your everything, literally everything. <clears throat> I mean, if you, yeah, anyway. It's a steamy book, Okay. And if you're getting married, you should be, you should love that person. You should love the attributes of the person that you're getting married to. And I feel like God wants me to ask you, do you, are you in love with him? Are you in love with him for his attributes, that he's merciful? Do you love that about your God, that he's merciful? Do you love that about your God, that he's kind? Do you love that about your God, that he's forgiving? Do you love that about God, that he's not just forgiving, but he makes you new and whole? 
And we deserve death, but he gave us life. When was the last time you just worshiped God for who he is? Not what he's done, not what he hasn't done, but for who he is. He loves this kind of worship because he's a person. He wants to be your love. You know, in, in Revelations, Jesus writes a letter to the churches and he says to one of the churches, he says, you've forgotten your first love. Have we allowed our first love to die for God? How was your fire for him this morning? So not only were they in the presence of God all the time, but they also sang and they used their voice. You know, what you talk about reveals what you love. And I love it that they're in the room with other angels. Like a seraphim is the coolest angel. I have a picture of it. I want you to see. They have a picture. So they're covering their faces and they're covering their feet. I don't know if they had a robe. That's not very biblical, but I just wanted you to see of the reverence of the moment there. And they're in the room with other angels in the presence of God. And they're saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The earth is filled with his glory. Like, if I was another angel, I'd be like, bro, I'm in the same room. Like, I know. <laughs> Do your friends, does your community praise God together? Does your little friend group your huge friend group, does, do they bring glory to God? Do they take you closer to his presence? Do they enjoy the presence of the king with you? And if you don't have friends yet, get in the connect group. But I want to ask you today, would your words throughout the week bring glory to his presence? Are we speaking death or are we speaking life? Because the Bible says that faith is the expression. Faith has to be expressed. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What have you been speaking? The seraphim teach me that everything that I do, everywhere that I go, everything that I am is worship to God. My words, my life, my feet, my hands, everything. It's not just in this building. Are you bringing worship to your God? They covered their faces. And this is a confusing one because I'm like, they never sinned. They never talked poorly about another angel and was like, I cannot believe Michael again with this sword. Like, he's just such a show off. Like, there's no jealousy. They're just, he's a perfect, it's a, it's a perfect creature that God made, an angel. What type of reverence does this show us? That a perfect creature in the presence of God is covering their face. And that is counterculture to our American society, to our Instagram lives, to our TikToker world, because we want to be seen. We want to be uncovered. We want people to value how beautiful how amazing we are. Don't try to cover me. That's sexist. Mm -hmm. No, no, that's in the church. I'm not kidding. Do you have an awe for the presence of God? A perfect angel is covering their face before God. We don't understand it in this culture because if you go to Italy or the Sistine Chapel or the Vatican, they ask you to cover up because there's a reverence 
Do you have an awe for the presence of God? Do you have a reverence that the King of Kings is in the room in your temple? Do you have an awe? And I think this is why Christian leaders fall because it's not because they're horrible humans, but all of us can get into that way when we just want to be seen, where we want the glory. But this king, this mighty king stripped glory off and became a man for you and me to be saved. And what type of reverence do we need to have for this God, for this king? See, the world wants you to be seen. The world wants you to be heard. Well, if I don't go here, then I'm, nobody's going to know that I can do this. Or nobody can, nobody's going to know that I can do this. Or this is my talent. Why don't we get comfortable being seen by our king before we can be seen by man? God will take you into the secret places if you give your life to him, and you will be hidden. If Jesus Christ was hidden for 33 years... 30 years, because then he died. Yeah, anyway. He rose again. Amen. He's still alive. But if Jesus had a hidden time, you need a hidden time. Do not despise your seasons of ambiguity where no one knows you, where you're in the hiddenness of his wings. Psalm 91 calls it protection. Some of you are rejecting the protection, and you want to be seen so bad. You're trying to get out from his wings, and he's like, let me cover you. Let me cover you, and let me protect you because you're not ready yet. You're not ready for that next season. You're not ready to step into that. I have to cover you. So don't fight the Holy Spirit today. Just receive your season of ambiguity. It's okay. He sees you. He knows the things that he has called you to. He has good plans to prosper you. And though you might not see a way, he's the way maker. Come on, isn't this not the God we serve? He makes ways where there is no ways. He doesn't need your, your maps. He doesn't need your Google, uh, Google job descriptions. Like he, he, he literally will provide money out of, of nowhere for you. As your worship in reverence to God. Are we like the seraphim today where we don't even care if we're seen. We just want to be in his presence. Are you just happy being in the presence of your king? Are you happy of being in, in the state next to a person that is morally perfect? He is the epitome of moral purity. Do we reflect that? And I'm not trying to make this a holiness movement. I'm not trying to say that. But we need to start reflecting this light this great light that, that as he shines on you, you begin, to, you begin to come, become like our Savior. And as you worship, this is what happens. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, don't you realize that your body is what? A temple. A temple. You're a temple. Say, I'm a temple. Say, I'm a temple. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Help us, Jesus. We're temples. Sometimes my temple's cluttered up. Sometimes my temple is ugly. Sometimes my temple is, is, I've been inviting all the wrong spirits in. Anybody with me? Sometimes my temple is just a hot mess and I'm in distress because I'm a hot mess. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes God, God is not afraid of your mess. He's not afraid of your distress. He is the high priest that you can touch with your sin, that you can touch in even in your iniquities, even in your state of rebellion. You can touch God and he will be merciful to you. For he has invited you to come boldly into his presence. Boldly. 
Have you come in, into his temple? Have you allowed him to flow through you? You know, the seraphim also covered their feet. And this one I totally get because I have a total feet aversion. Get them away from me. I don't want to see them. I hate them. And my two older kids have outgrown the cute phase, so it's really disgusting to me. And I only like my two -year, almost two-year-old baby's feet, and, and he's like, you're three, like, get away. Um, so I understand why, you know, the angels will cover their feet. It's kind of funny. The Lord is funny. But I, I want to remind you that where do your feet take you? It doesn't matter where your feet are going to take you. It doesn't matter where your feet have taken you. Notice that these angels could go anywhere. But they chose to be in the presence of their king. So that tells me that it doesn't matter where I'm going. And it doesn't matter where I've been. But in the presence of God, he covers all. It doesn't matter where you've been today, church. It doesn't matter what messes you've made. It doesn't matter what sin you've gotten yourself in. It doesn't matter if you've ran kicking and screaming from his presence. He wants to restore you back to himself. When I look at the seraphim, it reminds me how to be a burning one. Are you on fire today, church? For the presence of God? Do you long to be in his presence? Do you long to talk about how good your God is? Do you long to be with him? And that's as simple as I can put it. If our ministry has been a blessing to you at all, whether through the podcast, online, or through socials, would you consider partnering with us financially to help us continue blessing people and reaching people with the gospel of Jesus? If you'd like to do so, you can go online to rosechurch.org give. Thank you so much for partnering with us and helping us continue to do what God has put in our hearts here for you.